0: Every runner has a story. What about you? What's your story? Running isn't easy. We've all overcome struggles to get to where we are. Maybe you're struggling now. What is it that stands in your way of reaching your full potential as a runner? And are you willing to do what it takes to get there? If you're not sure, listen to this story about how this runner overcame an obstacle that seemed absolutely impossible. And remember, if they can do it, you can do it too. What are your running goals? Do you need help recovering from a running injury? Do you need help developing a training plan? Maybe you've never ran before and you just wanna get started. Let us help you reach that big goal of yours. Here at BodySmart, we help runners maximize their performance and stay on the road. To learn more, ask questions, or to set up your first free appointment, go to BodySmartUtah.com or call us at 301-479-4471.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Run Amazing Utah podcast. I am Dr. Cameron Garber and here with Melody Bateman from BodySmart and... We are so excited to welcome in our guest, Mike McKnight. Um, he is an ultra runner and just an all-around awesome guy that we had the pleasure of doing a metabolic test with this morning. So we did kind of a different test, uh, a long-form test, and it was really fun to see this amazing fat-burning machine. <laughs> and so uh, glad to have Mike in and be able to interview him today as well. So thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah,
2: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. We doing the test too. Yeah. It was, it was super cool to see. So we always like inviting in just, you know, different types of athletes and seeing how everybody performs. And it really is cool to see how your training, um, matches up with what we see in the test and just so cool for, so your Instagram handle is the low carb runner, right? Yeah. And so to see somebody that is, uh, kind of lives that low carb lifestyle of both the way he trains as well as the way he eats, obviously, um, to see how that bears out in a metabolic test is amazing. He truly is a fat burning machine. I think that's the highest fat calories per hour (laughs) amount I've ever seen. So really cool. Um, and it's fun to see like that bear out in your training. You said that you were a little nervous that maybe you'd come out as like, I burnt all carbs. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: mean, I've been doing this for four years, so I've, I've, Obviously, that was like a slight worry I had. Right, like I'm doing all this for nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, no,
1: you're you're burning fat like literally no one else I've ever seen. So I've seen people that burn higher percentage of fat for a while, but never burn that much fat that far into their heart rate zone. So yeah,
0: that's was pretty that's pretty incredible.
1: Um, so really fun to see. Anyway, so I kind of jumped ahead, but. It, it was just fun to <laughs> fun to kind of share. So we want to kind of learn a little bit more about you and your backstory and kind of how you became a runner. Um, so yeah, kind of start at the beginning. Where when yeah. did you start running and uh, how did you get kind of this love for running? Yeah, so it's funny you said a uh, backstory because mm-hmm. my back has a lot to do with it. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: so I didn't have like any physical desire to do physical activity growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, when I was a senior in high school, a bunch of my really close friends took me mountain biking for the first time, and we got about 10 minutes in, and I bribed all of them by offering to buy them a state dinner. If we quit, we went back to the <laughs> truck like, right then. <laughs> yeah. So 10 minutes in, and I was done. So I didn't actually start running until I was about 21. Um, my sister was doing a half marathon in Logan, Utah, and she invited me to train with her and to do it. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I ended up getting just shy of an hour and a half. And, like, without training, I was pretty stoked about that. But yeah, that's, yeah, pretty, that's really uh, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I started running. Um, I just, I was my freshman year at Utah State University at the time. Hmm. And I decided I wanted to try it and get my school paid for. It. So I, I wanted to train and walk around the track team, and hopefully, like, get some kind of scholarship. <laughs> cool. So I started training for, like, five months, and then I was in a skiing accident um, oh, no. at a local resort, where, and I broke my back. Oh, and my gosh. So I shattered my, it was my L1, my L1 vertebrae. Mm-hmm. So they had to take part of my hip bone out and fuse it to my spine, and then they put in two rods and nine screws in mm-hmm. my spine. So that, um... The doctor told me I'd be in bed for months, that I wouldn't be able to run again for about a year. Uh, He advised me to, like, incomplete all my college classes, which meant I, like, just deferred them for a a full year. So the following uh, February. Then I had to move home, live with my parents. They were going to take care of me. Um, But long story short, I started running roughly just shy of four weeks after my surgery. Yeah. And so... It's quite a bit quicker oh. than the doctor said. Yeah, um, yeah. but I was in the state where like all my friends were in college, and I dropped out of college for a year. Right, and I also lost my job because they thought I'd be gone right. for a yeah, long time incapacitated. And, yeah, right. so basically, I just had like nothing to do, and I just started running like hmm. hour and a half, two hours a day, yeah. and kind of developed a love for the longer distance. And then I met a local ultra runner in logan by getting a new job um that's awesome started training with him and just kind of fell in love with it ever since that's yeah. incredible
0: i feel yeah. that's the coolest story of like you never know where life is going to take you right and maybe this back injury was like almost a blessing in disguise because look where you are now because of it
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. that's
0: cool do you
1: ever have any lingering back pain or problems i'm um, curious
2: to yeah
1: say. on and off on and off, it'll okay. you'll feel it occasionally yeah
2: so, Usually at night when I'm sleeping, yeah, like, mm-hmm. you get achy. I had to buy one of those beds that like the foot and the, the top adjust. Mm-hmm. So I have to like sleep with like my legs slightly elevated and my upper end slightly elevated. Mm-hmm. When I'm like
1: straight on the bed, that's when like, it really hurts. But when you feel it more, yeah. Do you find that you hurt more it when you don't run than when you do? run? Yeah. yeah. So that's a fascinating. So I've that. heard that so many times from mm-hmm. runners. That have had back problems or back surgeries or things like that, that that movement actually helps them feel good, and their pain is worse when they don't. We had another runner. Do you know da- Dr. Randy Steinfeld by chance? I don't. So he he calls himself the Titanium Man. So he's mm-hmm. the Titanium Man. So he won Lotajah shortly after, so like 13 months or 15 months, something like that, after breaking his back in a bike accident. And he has rods and pins and everything up and down his back. And um, so a similar type of thing. He, he started running again. He finished the Ogden Marathon within eight months of his fusion. Seriously? Yeah. Eight months? Wow. I, I believe it was eight months. And then I think 13 or 15 months won his age division in Lodija. That's
2: amazing. And like, he's a doctor.
1: And he's a, yeah, he's a physician, um, I believe, with Intermountain in North Ogden. He, and he, just a cool guy. So yeah. um, so he's since completed uh, two or three Ironman competitions and competed at Kona at the Ironman World Championships in Kona. That's so rad. So, like, just having that type of injury doesn't mean that you're down and out. Right. Like, you could have taken that as, like, oh, I shouldn't move. I'm a broken person, and for the rest of my life, I can't do anything. And instead, you were like, no, like... I, I want you know, I wanna run. I wanna move and, and get my life back. And and now, yeah, you still have pain. Like that's still maybe a part of your life, but at the same time, it doesn't have to define your life or hold right. you back or anything like that.
0: Right. Yes. I love that
1: message. So that this is kind of becoming the theme of this Run Amazing yeah. Utah. Man, I'm like, so
0: pumped right now. <laughs> well it's it's
1: amazing how many runners have some kind of story of a major setback. We had another who also happened to be a physician that the head kidney transplants that, um, is still a runner and still, you know, still gets out in cross country skis and other things. And it's, it's just amazing how many people have had major setbacks, but still keep moving. And that message, I think people need to listen to that. If you've had setbacks, you can keep running. Right. Right.
0: And, so, you know, and I can't even tell you how many times people are like, Oh, you're a runner. I can't run it. Like my knees hurt or. I don't run. Like, I have a hurt back, and like, right. no excuses, man. Like. <laughs> right.
1: Well, and, and honestly, your knees hurt because you don't run. Right. Quite right. frankly, the research into running would suggest that actually your knees hurt because you don't run. And your back, it, the most effective back pain uh, treatment you can do is actually just to start running. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, more effective than any other treatment long term is actually just running.
2: Or it's just like a simple fix where, like, they just need to fix their gait. Like a right. little bit of practice and you're going to be fine. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's kind of one of those, like, if you just ran more, it would probably fix that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody like,
0: just needs to run more. <laughs> right. Yeah. And,
1: and and you can just adapt how you're running. Run slower, run fewer miles at first until your body adapts to that. And then build that mileage up as you can. And it's amazing what your body can do if we let it adapt, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, change your gait up a little bit or slow your pace and all these things. And all of a sudden, you can be a runner, too. And so, yeah, I love that. I love that you kind of started from, like, a foundation of not really being into fitness at all. Mm-hmm. What where, Did you do other things? Did you play, like, soccer or basketball or anything?
2: Um, I did football just for two years, though. Yeah, I grew up on a dairy farm, so... Okay. I was that was what most of my life was.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so that kept you generally fit and, and things. Well, right? I
2: mean, I was I was overweight growing up. Were you? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, just like you know, the way I eat now is very opposite of how I grew up. Sure. Like sure. Biscuits and gravy every morning. Oh. Ice cream every night. Yeah. Mountain Dew three times a
1: day. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: yeah, my nutrition was kind of off growing up. So I was overweight sure. from that.
1: Yeah. Which, honestly, is probably a typical teenage boy type way of eating, right? Yeah, if you don't have the genetics for it. Yeah. I was going to say most people can do it and still look and
2: feel good. (laughs) Yeah. Like, as a teenager. Right, right. As a
1: teenager. It catches up with you eventually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. So, that is fascinating how fracturing your back led to you actually, like, being more fit, more healthy, and picking up a love for an endurance sport. Like, an extreme endurance sport, right? Okay, yeah.
0: Extreme.
2: Yeah, when I started, um, I did have to like stop every hour or two hours, like in a race, mm-hmm. and like lay on the trail and do stretches for my back mm-hmm. because it did hurt. But it's just cool. gotten to the point where I don't have to do that anymore, and it's kind of yeah adapted.
1: Yeah, adapted. Yeah. That's that's cool. Awesome. So you started with a half. Where did it go from there? How did it build? So to- so right now you're training for a 200 mile race, correct? um yeah. yeah yeah a couple yeah a couple yeah, of them a couple all of right them.
2: yeah i all right i mean that, that test that we did kind of like like i don't like doing anything under 200 mm-hmm. really yeah and i think that test kind of shows why like yeah i get into the 170s with my heart rate and i just get yeah. uncomfortable and don't like it <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I like doing the slower the slower, stuff. consistent yeah Uh um, funny
0: because most people would say like running on like running for hours on end is uncomfortable <laughs> right. i don't
2: really have that uncomfortable. Comfort. And yeah. And comfort with my heart. Oh, Interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So what was the original
1: question? Oh, so how did it transition from oh, the right. the half marathon to two hundreds, yeah.
2: Um yeah, I mean I just kinda jumped into it. I've I've never officially done a marathon mm-hmm. before. Um I did the half, I broke my back. I met a guy who was training for a hundred mile race, the Bear One Hundred. Yeah. I'm um, just over on Logan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I paced him for that, and then, so it was like a year and a couple months after I broke I broke my back, where I was supposed to start running again. It's when I did my first ultra. <laughs> it was a fifty k. Wow. That's awesome. Um, that. And then, I just like <laughs> did a fifty k, had no issues. Tried the fifty mile, then the hundred k, then the hundred mile. And it, like, it, I did my first 100 mile about two and a half years after breaking my back. Mm. And I thought hundreds were it. So I just, I was starting to lean towards that because like the 50Ks and 50 miles were too it's fast so for dangerous. me. Yeah. You
0: always think, oh, this is it. I know. <laughs> there's always one <laughs> yeah, above, there's always more. even after hundreds.
2: <laughs> so I learned about the 200 mile distance um, from a local. St- have you ever had DJ Lorchester in, or have you heard of him? The Lord Tester. I've
1: heard of, yeah, I I've, I've seen that on Instagram. Like, I think, but yeah. I but I don't know him. Uh. So
2: he was doing a 200 mile race, and that's kind of where like I learned about it. It's like, okay. Oh, there's 200 miles. Hmm. So I signed up for that race that he was doing the following year, and just kind of fell in love with it. I signed up for there's this series called the Triple Crown of 200s, and it's a 200 mile race in August, September, and October. Wow. So I did that, yeah. fell in love That's with so it, saw success with it, and yeah. um, last year I did a. a it's a 500 mile show in Colorado. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm just learning the, the that, longer.
1: Did Ben Light do that one? He crewed me for it. it. Oh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Because I thought I saw something. I I follow him as well, and so yeah. I yeah, something.
2: so he's like my crew chief. So okay. he's out doing updates and stuff for me.
1: Nice. nice. Yeah,
2: it's just the longer it is yeah. and the slower it is, the better I do. So I like it. That's great. That's great.
1: So
0: I have a question, like going back to after you broke your back, I just want to know, like, what was it inside of you that made you think, like, like, I'm not going to listen to you, like to your doctor and just like run anyways.
2: So like my, my physical therapy that he gave to me was to walk a mile a day. Mm -hmm. And um, you guys probably have never heard of Cornish, Utah before. (laughs) i nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this a uh, small town it's the it's the last town in utah that you hit before you oh yeah into Idaho. so i've driven oh. through it then yeah 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 everybody's driven through it they just don't realize no, it exists. yeah Blink and you <laughs> miss yeah it. exactly it's like <laughs> 200 people um <clears throat> but my parents like live in this back farm country road and that's who i moved back with because i thought i need them to take care of me mm-hmm. um so i got out i had um my grandma's walker I had to when I started out. Yeah. And so I just walked up this road. It was exactly a mile of like doing an out and back. Mm-hmm. Um, did that for like two days, three days. I was like in this like bitter state. I was pretty upset that I was in this situation. Yeah. Um, but then like after three days, I decided it's like, okay, well, like this has taken me about an hour to do this one mile walk. Let's see if I can do it in 50 minutes. So I did it in 15 minutes. Then I got down to like 35 minutes. And this was over the course of like four days. Like I was just trying to lower every single day. So then I was like, okay, I'll walk two miles. Like this mile isn't really hurting. And then I did a two miles and it didn't hurt. So then I tried three miles. Then I tried four miles. And so before I started running four weeks in, I was walking about six miles a day. And I ended up ditching my walker too. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, obviously running is more jarring than walking yeah mm-hmm. but I was like I can walk six miles a day and the doctor told me to do one and I'm not having any extra pain
1: so so that's I was like I'm gonna try to run half a mile and see what happens oh, okay. so, so you said something there that was really important I feel like you said I'm not having any extra pain so when you said and I had no pain my guess is you still had pain right it just didn't like it was no worse so, like, I walked a mile, and my pain was no worse than before. Like, it still hurt. Right. It just wasn't any worse. Yeah. I walked two miles, and now six miles, and it's like, oh, I still hurt. It just wasn't worse than it was before, so might as well keep moving. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. That is such an important thing for people to realize, that just because it hurts doesn't necessarily mean it's bad or doing harm. Right. Right? It, it hurts the same amount of hurt, and so... As long as it hurts the same amount might as well keep moving yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not hurting it anymore it's not damaging it so like keep moving yeah yeah and i love that love that love that That's how awesome. did you that yeah how did you come to that realization that that was okay because so, so many I, people are afraid of pain yeah. yeah i mean it
2: just made sense in my head like yeah if the pain's the same at six miles and at one mile like oh, like my life right now consists of either doing this walk or
1: just sitting in bed. Right. Like, but sitting in bed, your pain was the same. The same. Walking six miles a day. Right. Right. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. So people try to rest it off. Right. And and it, it doesn't work that way. Right. And our body doesn't work worse. that way. Yeah. It just makes it worse. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I always wonder, like, um, like awesome. what would have happened if I didn't do that? Like, yeah. if I was just like, okay, I'll just lay here for a year. That's what the doctor said to do. and Yeah. Who knows how different that recovery would have been? And
1: Go to Walmart uh, and just watch people walk by. Yeah. Would have <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> There's your answer. Yeah. Good, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's a little harsh, but no, okay. but not inaccurate. Yeah, no, <laughs> not, not lying. <laughs> well, Interesting. That's
0: really cool.
1: Yeah, okay. that is that is fascinating, and I like huge props to you for not being broken. Right, mm-hmm. like that's awesome. Yeah. So once you got into these races, when did the low carb runner yeah. factor yeah. in? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, See, so yeah, like I said, I so I started low carb in 2017. Okay. Um, and I started my first ultra. It would have been 2013. Yeah. So yeah, there was a four-year window where I wasn't doing the low carb thing. And you're still running on
1: Mountain Dews and Yep. <laughs> <So Okay>. It's <laughs>
2: like. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife always joke about it, but like I did the Wasatch 100 mm-hmm. about a week or two before we got married. And awesome. um, I have a picture <laughs> of like, like, I used to do this thing where I'd like lay out all my stuff on the floor of yeah. like how many shoes I'm going to use and then my nutrition. And like in one of these pictures of nutrition, you could see like it was like three 12 packs of Mountain Dew, lots <laughs> of um, what are they called? The Nutty Bars, Little W Nutty Bars. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like a big old bag of gummy bears. There's a bag of Skittles. It's <laughs> like completely different from what it looks like right now. Right. That's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I just noticed like for one, I was actually I was gaining weight, even though my mileage was increasing. Mm. A really common story, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. gaining weight because of all the junk I was eating. Mm-hmm. And then the biggest issue is like all my races, I had a 50 50 shot of feeling okay or feeling terrible. Mm-hmm. And by terrible, I would either bonk pretty hardcore or I would like try to try not to bonk so I'd overdo it and then I'd end up like puking yeah. multiple times. So I met Jeff Browning and like most ultra runners have heard of him. He's mm-hmm. 50, he's crushing it. He is a fat adapted athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my previous jobs, I was the athlete manager for ultra footwear. Oh, cool. And so he's an ultra athlete. And we had a an athlete summit in Zion, and I I had, like, a 15-passenger van. I picked up 15 athletes. I was driving, and he was in the front seat. This is, like, where I first met him. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, a four-hour drive where he just talked to me about low-carbon fat adaptation. And theoretically, like, if I did it right and adopted it right, that I wouldn't have those issues, that I wouldn't have bonking, like, like yeah. A, hardcore bonking issues right.
1: well you bonk for different reasons right. but not for your gut right, your, right yeah yeah yeah
2: and um <clears throat> and yeah like i wouldn't have to eat as much so like theoretically i wouldn't have to digest as much and i'd have less of a chance of having stomach issues yeah mm-hmm. so it was like two days after that summit, i just like i went all in i gave it a try and my adaption period took a long time like probably because i was a, a high carb burner and I wasn't doing it right. Like there's some things I've learned since where sure. it could have, the adaption could have been faster if I did it right. Right. But I stuck with it. And ever since, like I haven't had a bonk issue and yeah. like nothing but positive. So that's why I
1: still do it. Right. So. Well, and I think that's important to take some time and make it more of a lifestyle mm-hmm. than just like this thing I'm going to try for the next little bit. Right? right. Like I think you have to really, if you're, if you're going to go that route, you have to really a test and see if it works for your body. But be like you kinda have to be um able to make it like a real lifestyle choice. Cause if you're halfway in it's not gonna work very effectively right. and
2: yeah. It's not the diet to do if you're gonna keep going in and out like right, you're gonna run right. into a lot of yeah. issues if you do that.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kinda have to be all in on yeah. that. But it it does take time to figure it out and what works for your body and yeah. and I think that's a huge thing. So I think everybody's different. We were just talking about that with different athletes that we've tested over the time, and how some are are actually very carb adapted and and do really well actually still. And they just it's just different and different genetic profile, and and so some are really good at shuttling lactate while some are not, you know. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so you got to find what works for you. But I feel most people who do the low carb
2: thing like tried the other way and it just didn't work for them. Like yeah. the people who are successful and high carb, like they don't really have any reason to switch because they haven't wanted to venture out from that because they're seeing success. So yeah, I feel like most mm-hmm. people who do low carb like was having issues and they're just trying to do anything to fix it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I, there's so many ways to do it too. I know some that are low carb for most of their training and then are fine on race day to eat a bunch of carbs. I think that's
2: what most of us do. So, like, the numbers that we saw, I think that's why my carb calories were so high. Because, like, the point that we're trying to do is to be a dual fuel burner. Mm -hmm. So, like, burn carbs when we take carbs. And then as soon as we don't have the carbs, just, like, go right into fat burning again.
1: Yeah. And, yeah, so then you can, there's ways you can use that to your advantage for, like, tackling a certain hill. You know, you have a hill coming up. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be carb burning more anyway, Mm -hmm. like give your body some more carbs to, to handle that. And yeah, so there's mm-hmm. some some strategies there that you can definitely use. And that was interesting to see like where your carb rates were still really low compared to most people, but you definitely had a period where you burned more carbohydrate. And, and so knowing where those numbers are and right. stuff is, is fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cool. So it took, you said about six months then to kind Ten of, uh, uh-huh, yeah. to feel like you were like it was working well for yep. you.
2: Yeah, I've been doing it for f- four years, this April. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say that the first year and a half. Um, so, like, case in point, like, that Triple Crown 200s, I did it in 2017 and in 2019. Mm-hmm. 2017 was the year I was, like, adapting on, yeah. on it. Um, I didn't understand, like, like most people who do this do it for the recovery benefits. Like, mm-hmm. I essentially never feel like I have to recover anymore. Mm-hmm. But in 2017... In 2017, like I was racing as an excuse to eat crap. <laughs> <laughs> so like that, those triple crowns of 200s, okay. like right. in between those, I was eating like all the fried food. Mm. I was eating a ton of. Like, I was getting um, those Blizzard thing, those shakes from Dairy Queen. Like, yeah. the other day. <laughs> and like I was puffy. I couldn't run. I was having, like, IT band issues in all three of those races. Mm. And then, so, like, what I'm trying to say is, like, the first year and a half, I was cheating a lot and, like, racing to cheat. Mm. But, like, I've been very strict for about two years now. And, like, going to my 2019 experience with those 200s, um, I was clean for that. I didn't cheat at all. I was able to run between all three of those races. I had no mechanical issues at all during those races. My That's time awesome. improved substantially. That's awesome. So it's just, like... Like I said, I've had so much good experience with it. Like, I don't really care to cheat anymore. Yeah. It's just, like, it's just a part of who I am.
1: Yeah. And it definitely takes time. I'm sure at first there was times when you really wanted another Dairy Queen Blizzard. And they're delicious, (laughs) right? And it's not that a Dairy Queen Blizzard is, like, the worst thing ever. But I always like to say, does your training effort match your training goal? Right. Right? And so... Does is the blizzard in line with what you really want to achieve? It may sound great in that moment, but is it really in line with what you want to achieve? And if not, then it it becomes less appetizing,
2: right? And I mean, too, like most of us. So you know, I don't say I'm keto. Like, mm. on my Instagram it's the low carb runner. So yeah, like,
1: I like I like that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like the whole the theory that we have. Like, there's a few of us that like always call each other and like brainstorm like share ideas on what we're trying differently mm-hmm. and like the general rule most of us live by it's like the 80 20 or the 90 10 rule mm-hmm. where it's like 90 yeah. percent of the time or 80 percent of the time like you're clean you're on the straight and narrow mm-hmm. and like the the whole goal is to keep your blood or your insulin response low right and right. like that other 10 or 20 percent of the time that you might like have a shake or like yesterday like i had a Pretty big strawberry fruit smoothie, mm. and so like you know theoretically like yeah fairly high carb today, yeah. but I mean it's still yeah right. So yeah, so like you're you're doing it enough that it's like that off time that you might try something that like your body just goes right back to it because you're straight with it most of the time, right?
1: Well, it allows you to still lead a normal lifestyle yeah. too. Like you can go out to dinner with your wife and you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, I can't. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> you're yeah, yeah. like, oh, well, we can't go to that restaurant. You may avoid certain places. Like Olive Garden is probably not yeah. where you're going to choose <laughs> yeah. to go. Right. Exactly. And not because it's bad or whatever, it, but it's like the whole purpose is high carb. Right. And, and so it's like, ah, we're probably not going to go there. Um, whereas that used to be like, especially in the like nineties, early two thousands, the carb loading. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that used to be the place to go. Right. Yeah. Um, pa- I'm pasta. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I find that fascinating. I like that you choose to say the low carb versus like, I'm keto. Yeah. Right. It's like, Hey, I'm trying to keep my carbs low, but I, it's not necessarily like, I, I guess anytime we define something so strict, like I'm vegan or I'm vegetarian right. versus like, I try to eat mostly a plant based diet. But you know, if I have meat, it's not like I'm violating some like spiritual law ethics. or yeah. code of ethics or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. When when it's that hard and fast, I feel like sometimes we're not able to lead a normal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. like, it sounds like you you leave yourself some room to like have fun still or or whatever. Yeah. But I, I I'm a huge fan. I feel like that 80-20 principle applies to like everything in our lives. <laughs> yeah, I don't want
2: to be right. super. Sh- yeah. Yeah. I won't use that word. That
1: was right. It. I <laughs> be super strict. Sure. Right. Yeah. It. It. it becomes harder to live that lifestyle long term, and mm-hmm. so eighty percent of the time, if we're if we're really on point with it, then it allows that other twenty percent of the time to not be that big yeah. deal. Yeah, and you generally find the people that are like super strict with it, they're the ones that tend to like
2: when they like when they theoretically should go that ten percent, they end up going like sixty percent. Right, so it ends up being more of like a fifty fifty or right. it like feels yeah.
1: tipping more the other way. Right, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, people, yeah. They either burn out with it or they like when they finally have ice cream, it's like the entire thing yep. of ice cream. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, no, for sure we see that a lot actually. So kind of funny. Um what so with the with the high carb thing you you kind of push the boundaries of that then a little bit and you try to race with no food, right? For 100 a hundred miles.
2: Lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Um when I first started, I was referred to Dr. Jeff Volek. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff before. Not. I, have, I yeah. Not
1: completely. I've heard of him, but I haven't okay. studied it too in depth.
2: He has a lot of lectures and papers on um, low carb and why it would be beneficial for a, an endurance athlete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the first things I heard him say like when I was researching him was that everybody has enough onboard fat that we're like if they were in like a starvation mode that there's have enough fat to last them theoretically for a few days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I started to get to the point where like, I wondered how that correlated into like a physical state. Like, yeah, if I have enough fat to last me for a few days, that's obviously like in a very sedentary state. Mm-hmm. But like, if I tried running, like, what does that window come down to and how long could I last? Mm-hmm. And so last year with like races getting canceled from COVID, I was just like, like, well, I wonder if 100 miles without intaking any calories is possible and yeah. design, like, a little loop in Cache Valley, like, cool. in the actual valley, like, not in the mountains where I'd be by myself in case something bad happened. Good call. But, like, you know, my wife was watching me. Like, she'd come check on me every couple hours. I had pacers with me every step of the way and just ran 100 miles and only took in um, salt, potassium, and magnesium yeah. like bulk wow. and bulk supplements.
1: Yeah, just kept your electrolytes yeah. up. So that's, I've I've always said that to people, theoretically speaking, right? You could run from like here to California without another bite of calories as long as you went in a zone where you were burning fat. fat yeah. You can keep going as long as you had enough electrolyte and you kind yeah. of proved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so, awesome. I mean, um, the
2: craziest thing was like probably mile 80. Like I started to notice a little dip in my pace. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot, but. I kept my heart rate about one thirty the whole time. Okay. My goal was to do it in under mm-hmm. twenty four hours, and I ended up doing it about eighteen hours. So cool. I did it yeah, quite a bit awesome. quicker yeah. than I thought was possible.
0: Did it? Did it feel pretty good? Like, did you didn't really have any bonking? You didn't have any like, like pain? Any or was Food it just rhythms. like? Yeah. Was it just like?
1: Yeah, it was super uneventful. It like
0: it was fine. Really?
1: Yeah. It, yeah, it felt kind of like other races or better or? I mean,
2: like, the only thing I noticed, um, like I said, around mile 80, I was mm-hmm. like, like, this is sustainable, but, like, if I was racing, then I would take him some food right now because I'm kind of, like, just oh. flatlining right now. Yeah. Like, not like I'm dying flatlining, but it's like, I can't go really fa- much faster if I want right. to. Like, I need some calories, yeah. but I can sustain this. Right. So, like, performance standpoint, like, it's not beneficial, but right. like, it's, it's yeah, it's possible and it's not terrible. It's not hard. Right.
1: Well, that's, you that's felt like you didn't fate. have that kick.
2: Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay. But I did Especially notice, strangely you. enough, um, and I don't know if this just is from like lack of inflammation or something like that, but my recovery from that was just like amazing. Hmm. Like, usually I have to take a few days off from 100 miles Yeah, and, like, slowly ease back into it. But, like, two days after that, I was out running again. And, like, for, like, two weeks, I was setting PRs on Strava. Hmm. I don't know if you guys use so that. Or yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. But like, I was like getting PR after PR and it was just like only a couple days after this, like hmm. I felt like I didn't have to recover at all. Man,
0: hmm. We should all stop eating carbs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Calories too. <laughs> right. Right. We just didn't have to eat. We That'd be just great. Stop yeah. um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, I really do think that there's something to that. And having tested now thousands and thousands of people, I, I do think that, a lot of it probably is the type of carbs that we tend to eat, yeah. right? Mostly refined carbs. Um, grains aren't what grains used to be hundreds no. of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, honestly, if, if grains were what grains used to be and, and things, it probably wouldn't be so bad. And having, you know, potatoes or other things occasionally, again, isn't so bad. But we've made those kind of our staple items instead.
2: Right. right? And,
1: and I think that's the problem cuz i would imagine in your low carb diet you can have things like green peppers or mm-hmm. or other vegetables that are just lower carb you just avoid like potatoes or carrots or things in in large measure yeah. you can have them as part of the meal or whatever right
2: yeah i mean like yeah i do it like i go strict keto like 10 days before a race just mm-hmm. to get more consistent with my fat burning mm-hmm. and then probably like 2 days before the race like I'll add my carbs slightly, mm-hmm. and I will have, like, a sweet potato, mm-hmm. like a less starchy potato. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so sweet potatoes aren't off the table,
1: but it's just, like, yeah. timed
2: around races or high efforts, high-volume days.
1: Right. That makes sense. So, yeah, I always recommend to people, like, carbs are are not bad, but try brown or colorful carbs, yeah. right? So, like, vegetables <laughs> or, you know, and avoid the white carbs. They tend to be more, like easy to process higher glycemic index, right? right? So they're going to spike your blood sugar more cause more of an insulin response, kind of like what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. And, and so like for fat loss, for fat adaptation, like you're going to be better off if you do carb, have it be colorful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so interesting. It's always interesting to hear how people apply it now. One of my big questions is with, with anybody that's going on a low carb diet, how much do you do things like, well, how natural do you keep it versus like keto cookies and keto? Oh. So like processed mm-hmm. uh, low carb or processed ketogenic foods versus yeah. like just real food.
2: Um, yeah. It's funny. I was in a couple of keto groups on Facebook and yeah. Like I cringe at so many posts of like right what some people are eating. Right. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I keep it as whole as possible. Like yeah. like the most like even like bacon, like I rarely eat bacon because it's still a processed like meat. a cured meat. Yeah. yeah. Um I'd say like ninety to ninety five percent of the time it's like just whole good foods. Mm-hmm. Um the most like Processed, I'll get is probably like I don't know if you've heard of Primal Kitchen,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, yeah. they have like a collagen fuel bar. Okay, so like I'll have that uh, like maybe once a day, okay. like right after a big, uh, run run or run. Something. yeah, but yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, just, usually it's just like steak for dinner, chicken for lunch, eggs for breakfast, and a little bit of vegetables sprinkled in through there, right? Still eating off the farm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> different than before, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the processed stuff, like. Like, the, I hate, like, the keto-friendly and the... Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: To me, that's no healthier than any no. other... Like, whenever you're eating processed foods, it's like, that's not... it's You just glued it back together with something yeah. that's not really a natural food, right. right? And so, yeah, I always struggle with that. So many people I know that have tried to go vegan or vegetarian or whatever gain weight. And when we look at what they're actually eating, right, right mm-hmm. it's like, well it's vegan cookies and vegan whatever <laughs> but that vegan doesn't mean it's healthy yeah, like yeah, yeah. it still has <laughs> calories and it's still processed so you're still getting like an insulin release and you're still yeah. you know so anyway yeah, yeah they care too funny.
2: much about like the number of carbs over like looking at the ingredients yeah. Like, yeah yeah
1: Yeah. To me, the ingredient list is probably the most important thing. Like what is this actually made of? Does it, is this a real food or is it a food product? Right. Mm -hmm. Right.
2: Like an example I usually give is like when I take like a protein supplement, Mm -hmm. um, the protein supplement that I sometimes use um, has a higher carb count Mm -hmm. than a lot of proteins out there. Mm -hmm. And like some people ask me why, and I will be like, well, look at this ingredients compared to your ingredients. Like, yeah, I'd rather have a little bit more carbs. With ingredients that I trust over, like, right. less carbs yeah. and ingredients I don't trust. Yeah,
1: and that's fascinating. What what do you use? I, I'm just curious. Gnarly. Gnarly, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. local based? Yeah, local. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I actually, with protein supplementation, I had two guys that were bodybuilders, lifters at, at the gym, that I was like, try this for me. Because most of your proteins are whey or casein, right? So right. they're milk, right? It's essentially... Dehydrated milk, right? Right. Just expensive dehydrated milk. Like, right. go buy a bag of dehydrated milk powder, right? And uh, just take a glass of milk and put in two scoops of that. It's as much protein as your protein supplement. You know, it's eight. I think it's eight grams of protein per serving. So you're uh, getting twenty four grams of protein. Like, try that over the next little bit and see how you feel and and whatever. And both of them were like, actually, my gains were better. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's awesome. So, I think because it was less processed, more whole, right. was as part of why their gains were better. But there's also more, so they're looking at muscle gains, right? Right. Because it had higher fat and higher carbohydrate content to it. Right. And they actually had better gain. But just a fascinating, like, I really believe that the more whole our food can be, like, the oh, more totally. we're eating real food, the better it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100 Anyway, sorry that was an an aside, oh, but I wanted great. to see how you did it because yeah, the keto cookies thing. I'm like, well, you might as well just eat cookies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Might as well taste if yeah. <laughs> you're going to eat a processed food. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so cool. And that's it's fascinating to see how how you have done it and how it's working for you. Um, what do you recommend to somebody that wants to try? How should they get started? <clears throat> um. I usually, like,
2: recommend to go at it slow. Mm -hmm. So, like, by the time I started, so I say I went all in after I talked and met Jeff. Mm -hmm. But, like, when I went all in, I was already at a point where, like, I didn't really care to eat bread or Mm -hmm. pasta anymore. So, like, I basically had that all cut out. So it wasn't too hard for me to, like, cut out other foods. So, like, people who were, like... Like I usually tell people to cut out the breads and the pastas first. Get yeah. Used to that. Don't worry about like the carb count. Like if you want two or three servings of fruit, then go for it. But just like cut out the breads and the pastas, um, and then just you know picking a day and going all in with it. But uh, usually though, I I caution people. So like the mistake that I made that caused me to have a slower adaption period. Um, I wasn't like upping my electrolytes.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. understand
2: that. You know, carbohydrates hold on to water, right? Or water or mm-hmm. vice versa. And then when you stop eating as many carbs, you dump more water. Mm-hmm. So, with that, you're dumping more electrolytes, right? So, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that, that you're going to feel super, super tired unless you're like upping your electrolytes. So, that makes um, sense. so yeah, I usually like make sure people have sodium, potassium, magnesium, and calcium on hand that they're mm-hmm. supplementing um, daily. Uh, to help combat the tired fatigue that they're most likely going to feel.
1: Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. That makes a lot of yeah. sense, actually. Well, and a lot of our carb-heavy foods are very, like, salt-heavy. and yep. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. very, very uh, electrolyte-heavy. Um, interesting.
2: And, so, like, good electrolytes. Like, not, like, the Mio's right. and all that yeah. stuff. But, like, like, if you can, like, when I did it, it's nasty, but it's effective. I just got tablespoon of redmond real salt and a tablespoon of bulk potassium mm-hmm. and then half a tablespoon of magnesium. Mm-hmm. I did that three times a day. And it was just like the pure like oh. pure
1: supplement. Yeah. Yeah. Like Didn't
2: it taste nasty. Yeah, right. it's nasty. Yeah. It's terrible. But like
0: Do you put that like in
2: water? Yeah, I just mix okay. it and drink it three times a day. Oh, interesting.
1: Interesting. So I saw on your Instagram account where it was a kind of a response to people calling you out a little (laughs) bit where they were like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I'm sure you get some, some negative feedback occasionally. Mm -hmm. We'll call it that to be nice. Right. (laughs) Some haters. Um, but you said, Hey, this isn't something I recommend that everybody else do. This isn't something like this is, this is kind of my journey that I like to share, but the people that I coach, the people that I, you know, counsel or help out, I don't, necessarily tell them all to do it this way or my way or that they have to do it low carb. Just, I guess, give us a little plug there so you can defend yourself. If anybody's thinking, oh, low carb or whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, do I think some, like everybody could experience some kind of benefit from it? Yes. Yeah. Like, going back to that insulin response. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. too. So, I do think that. But, like, from a performance standpoint, like, no, I, I like, you know, Courtney DeWalter, like, she... She's always, um, everyone knows her for her bear candy and notches. Yeah. And, like, if I was to tell her to race, then she's most likely going to beat me. Like, so from, like, a performance standpoint, it's clear that people do well not on this diet. Like I was saying earlier, most of us who came to this were people who were having issues looking for an answer. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you don't have any issues, then, like, don't Don't try it. Yeah, Yeah. don't try Mm -hmm. it. But, like, for those of us that have seen, like, one of the biggest things I hate um, and this, I think the pose you're talking about was yeah. kind of in response to this comment. But somebody was saying, like, my scientific research, like, mm-hmm. the scientific research as a whole is right. greater than your own personal, yeah, evidence. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. Like, like, oh, I disagree. Like, right. Like, the science says this that I should be feeling good doing this, but I don't. So. Right. So I'm just gonna stick with it, so let me do it and you be happy with that and I'll let you right. do your thing and I'll be happy with that. Right. You're
1: not trying to force it down anybody else's throat. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just this is what I do. I'm trying to share it with other people because yeah. it may work for them too. Yeah. And if the, they're interested,
2: yeah. I'm gonna give them advice, like like a, like the electrolyte thing that I just yeah. said. Like which is golden. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. I'll give advice if you're interested, but like I'm not gonna go and say do Everybody this. needs yeah. to do this, or yeah. this is the only way
1: yeah. to be a quality athlete. Yeah. 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 So just in case you were getting a little uppity at home. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Yeah. That's, that's not his opinion that everybody needs to do it. I, but I agree with you. I think everybody could, could benefit from that. I think being able to be more fat adapted or being able to burn fat longer into your, into Mm -hmm. your performance just allows you to go more miles. It's, it's a simple math game Mm -hmm. and the amount of calories that you have to eat to keep up with that higher intensity or to keep up with a higher carbohydrate burn that just logistically becomes a problem. Right. More bathroom breaks, more right. whatever <laughs> that when food goes in, it has to come out. And so, so yeah, there, there's just some logistical things yeah. that that can uh, disrupt. And so, yeah, I think every athlete can benefit from becoming more fat adapted, even if you don't, you know, want to go full keto or full, you know, low carb diet. Uh, there are some ways that anyone could benefit. from right. that. So to just dismiss it, altogether is I think also foolish.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. <laughs> so
1: anyway, there's my two cents on it too. Um it awesome. really
2: just comes down
1: to like um
2: I just had a podcast with Jeff Browning mm-hmm. and Zach Bitter. I don't know if you guys have heard that name before. I have From your podcast. From my podcast <laughs> <laughs> So Zach, he's a fat adapted athlete mm-hmm. and he has like a hundred mile world record. He did 100 miles in under 12 hours mm-hmm. and awesome. uh, like correlated to 647 pace. And then he oh, did like, uh, he has the 12 hour treadmill record. So like most miles running on a treadmill and that correlated to like 630 pace. And he's a fat, yes. adapted athlete. Yeah. So like Zach and Jeff are like, most people know who those two are who are interested in the low carb yep. stuff. So I did a podcast with them. Um, <clears throat> like kind of a similar question to what you just asked like if everybody could benefit from it yeah um and zach made the point and i mean me and jeff do agree with this point but like it just comes down to a pros and cons list right Mm -hmm. So like yeah you know the people who are doing this found that there seem to be more pros yeah this than the other way and people who do the high carb approach they have more pros with that so right yeah
1: Yeah. and I, i like i like we talked about earlier i I think a lot of it is just allowing your body to adapt to whatever you're doing, doing it in a meaningful and thoughtful way, and then allowing your body to adapt over time. The body is amazing at being able to adapt. We just I'll have let to let it, and okay. so um yeah it's it's kind of what you're comfortable with anyway so i'm I'm good at going off on tangents, but I just want <laughs> I wanted you to be able to say that, I guess, so that people didn't feel like we were advocating that that's the yeah, only anyway. way. Right. But, um, but I do think it can be an important way if you're having issues or you want to take things to that next level and you've been plateaued for a while, maybe something to, to look into and try for yourself and see if it works for you. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's all we have. I can, we could talk yeah, all day. If, it if like, people <laughs> uh,
0: want to find you, your Instagram is the low carb runner. Yep. Um, where else can they find you?
2: So that's, I have a website and that's what it is too, except it's, uh, the low carb dash runner. Okay. The low carb dash runner.
1: Low-carb yeah. I thought day. like and without
2: the dash, it looked to like the low carb runner.
1: Brunner. Yeah. <laughs> that,
2: that makes sense.
1: That makes sense. <laughs> so low carb runner, look for him, Instagram, his website. Um, and yeah, any, any questions you might have, I'm sure you'd be happy to answer them and, and that's how you get in contact with them. Thanks so much for joining us today, Mike. Yeah, yeah, our pleasure. And and we're excited to kind of follow you a little more closely in the future. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, all those good things so you can catch us on the next episode.
0: Thanks for listening to Running Unbroken. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And reach out if you or someone you know has a story to share.